It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. Jenkins and Jones is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. So many reasons why I bet on FanDuel Sportsbook. They've got great odds and markets for the MLB, NBA, NHL, PGA Tour, and so much more. They've got awesome new and existing user promotions. It's America's number one sportsbook, and it's easy to use, safe and secure, and you get your winnings fast. It's also fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same-game parlay, and you can discover the most popular same-game parlays each day right when you log in. If you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code J&J so they know we sent you. That's J-A-N-D-J. Disclaimer, must be 21 and over and present in select states only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342. Welcome to Jenkins jones on the volume podcast network it is thursday may 19th and the conference finals are underway we're talking about warriors mavs we're talking about heat celtics as always jenkins and jones hosted by my best buds on the internet in real life dragonfly jones aka tyler hey everybody how's it going the jethro jenkins aka john was that bubba's this guy's your shit got funny again all of a sudden. <laughs> it I'm, I'm putting a, a little razzle dazzle on you. Feel me? That razzle dazzle is doing his job, man. Sheesh. I'm Guardy B, aka Mike, and let's talk about that Warriors Mavs game that was on tonight. Um, I don't think were either of you surprised that the Warriors won that game easily? Nah, no. Um, I mean, I, I've got the Warriors winning this series, like you know, Lucas phenomenal, but. No, we, I mean we saw the well-oiled machine that the, the Golden State Warriors are, right? And and I think they had what seven players in double digits tonight. Like everybody got off. Like like everyone who played except for like two. They 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 ran up the whole fucking roster. Everyone got playing time, and I think everyone but like two guys scored. So it was just it was just one of those those games where they were just clicking on all cylinders, and it was the okay this these are the Warriors that we know playing team ball, playing as one, and you know it's Luca. And, you know, of, of course, you know, Lucas got some help with, with Dinwiddie and Brunson, but it ain't the Warriors, bro. 
You know what I mean? So, I mean, where I'm at with the series, I think Luca Luca is good enough to maybe get you two here. And that's giving Luca a whole damn lot of credit. You that's know what a I lot. mean? That's a lot of damn credit. <laughs> I want to say five, but Luca just showed his ass last last series, right? So it's all up at yeah. the six. But but yeah, I, I think the Warriors win this series, um, you know, handily for sure. The team defense the Warriors play is just phenomenal. phenomenal. No, seriously, though. Like, you know what I'm saying? Luca was seeing two, three people thrown at him. You know what I'm saying? They switched bodies, you know, kept a fresh body on him at all times. He struggled in that second half, you know what I mean? Uh, but, yeah, I, like, for me, I was looking at that shit when, uh, I don't know if y'all noticed, uh, when Steph was kind of struggling and he missed, like, four free throws. Uh, the last one he missed in the, first, at the end of the second at the end of the second quarter, Luca was like kind of wolfing him a little bit. I don't know if y'all peeped it. And then he just lost his fucking mind. And I'm like, listen, here, Bubba. <laughs> this ain't Booker. Okay? <laughs> this ain't that Devon Booker. This you know, this ain't your yeah. North, this ain't an everyday light skinned nigga you fucking with. This is a demon. That's a <laughs> devil. That's a you know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. And you need to keep it real cool when you addressing Mr. Curry. Cause that's Mr. Curry to you right now, dog. You feel me? But no, nah, that's I, I think, you know, when it comes to the series, you know, I it's I after last series, Luca, anything Luca does won't surprise me. So if he gets some two, three, you know, goes six or seven, it won't truly surprise me. But I, I see them getting him out at five, six, because this, that Warriors team is just too experienced and they're too good. One thing I look at too when watching him uh, is Jordan Poole. Like, mm -hmm. and with Clay not looking like Clay, and they might have to finagle some shit to get Jordan Poole a bag. He might be the second Splash Brother, and maybe deservedly <laughs> it, 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 at some point, you know. But um, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a good problem. It was for, it was for sure I mean? a hot take to say Poole was better than Steph, but I don't think it's that hot of a take to say he's better than Clay this postseason. I don't think it is, man. Yeah, no. I I agree with that. Um, I, I don't. I'm not gonna overreact to Game One, especially because the Mavs uh, obviously coming off of a Game Seven where they held the turbo button down the whole game and. You know, a lot of emotion, everyone feeling good about that. They're at sort of a new they're at a new stage for this incarnation of that franchise, obviously. But I will say I saw a lot more from Andrew Wiggins on Luca than I thought I was going to. And we'll see game two. You know, I mean I I I think for a team that's as young as they are, the Mavs, I mean, they've lost game one of both of the previous two series um, and clearly are a team that understands the flow of a playoff series. They're they're not going to overreact to this. And I don't really think this has that big of a impact on the series at, at, at large. But I will say I, I, I was really impressed with Wiggins on Luka. I did not expect yeah. to. I didn't expect them to have a guy that was going to be able to bother him for stretches the way that Wiggins did tonight. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I was impressed. I mean, we're we're all old enough to remember on the scouting reports when Wiggins was at Kansas, they were like, this guy could be first team all defense. Like he could be a defensive stopper, you know, an elite defense stopper in this league. And it didn't quite pan out that way, but he showed some sparks tonight. And he's he's shown some all season. Like he's been taking some good steps, you know, with with the Warriors. He's really reinvented himself. Cause a lot of us thought that boy was done. You know what I mean? But when we talked about that before, but he for sure reinvented himself with the Warriors. That's what happens when you get with a good system, a good culture, and all that shit. For sure. I think like like Mikael Bridges is like a better defender than any of the defenders that are on the Warriors as far as guard defense, but there's a big drop off after Mikael. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But they were throwing Jordan Poole on them. They threw Clay on them. They threw Wiggins on them. So they kept good, solid defenders, fresh bodies on them. You know what I'm saying? And uh yeah, I mean, it just it it, it he made it, it made basketball look real difficult for 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 Luca. So no, but good, good for Wiggins. Though. I mean, also he, he got some big buckets too, and he played really good last series as well. He seemed like he was kind of, you know, hitting another, you know, looking like Wiggins, the normal Wiggins towards mm -hmm. the end of the season. But he picked it back up, so good for him. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I've mentioned to you guys that Shar and I have friends who are Warriors fans. They're from San Francisco, <clears throat> lifelong Giants Warriors fans, and as as they have pointed out to me. In the early 2000s, when all of the other basketball fans in Southern California were, uh, or in uh, Northern California, were Kings bandwagon fans, they were still Warriors fans, <laughs> even mm -hmm. <laughs> even when it was a stupid decision to be so. And um, our friends got season tickets, and I was texting with him when he was at the game today, and he admitted he was like, "I feel almost guilty about this." It was like we had a golden age. And this is not a team where, like, none of us who are really fans of this team for, like, decades thought we were going to get a golden age the way we got. 
And he's like, I didn't think we were going to be like, we have to beat a team who's in the conference finals for the first time that any of those guys have ever played in the conference. That's who we have to beat with home court advantage to get back to the finals with Steph and clay and Dre. And Oh, we've got the young talent and the surprising reinvent. Like he, he like, can't believe it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's for sure. Like, like, you know, you hear that bullshit. We're not rebuilding. We're reloading. I'm like, bro, that doesn't happen. Like, like, like the Spurs are the only team in our lifetime. You could ever really say did that. Right. And and it, it seems like the Warriors are on pace. You know, like this is the second act of perhaps, you know, th- that dynasty. So we'll see. I'm interested in a uh, uh, fellow, fr- uh, uh, a friend of volume, Draymond Green's pod when they, after they get that chip though. <laughs> Jet, you know, so, don't let us win a chip. Don't, I, I want to see, I, I want to see how that goes, man. It might get real fun. We, sh- we share a uh, check signer as well as a producer with Draymond Green. Jackson, what's the, what, how, how hectic is it attempting to keep Draymond's podcast on the fucking rails? <laughs> oh, there is no attempt to keep it on the rails. <laughs> Uh, yeah, in, fact, in fact, in fact, I'm not going to give any details because Dre changed his mind about it. But over this past weekend, he wanted to call me about a pot idea, which is rare. He, he's he has a lot of input, obviously, to the show, but he doesn't like call me out of the blue to be like, let's discuss a thing. Not the way we do. You're right. not, in yeah, not the way that you guys are. I have yeah, daily yeah. reminders to me about about my <laughs> yeah. producing. Abilities. But he, <laughs> we talked to this idea. I was very excited. He was going to. Uh, talk some stuff about some people. <laughs> and then we got on the record the next day. And I was like, so are we doing that? He's like, no, changed my mind. Like, want to just like stay focused on the basketball and the whatever, whatever. And I was like, really? Like that, it'd be, it'd be pretty fun. It'd be pretty good content. He was like, no, it's, it's okay. Like he wasn't like, he was very calm, but uh, he was just like, no, it's, it's a it's chip okay. year now. It's a chip year now. Right. Exactly. They're, they're very, they're very focused. They're very focused on the basketball. Even for people who are like, don't do the pod, focus on the game. I mean, he's like, fuck that, but he doesn't want to like do any, <laughs> any of the other stuff. So it's actually the opposite. I try to, I try to like prod when I can. Okay. And he, what do people think that NBA players do all the time? That's like, what my exact is he response supposed was. to like, just be basketball, basketball every fucking minute. Yeah, I think you'd have a lot of think. free time outside of practice. Did, but playing. did you see how much people freaked out when they thought Luca had a beer today? Like yeah. people were on Twitter, like, "Oh, he's drinking on the day of a game." It's like he's from Slovakia. They have beer with their fucking at halftime. Like, they, they, like he has a like, that's their mouthwash after they brush their Gatorade. You know what I mean? Like they have that should be a beer on the bench. You know what I mean? Time at kindergarten and shit. You know what I mean? It's in the water fountain in like elementary schools. You right. fuck you mean? Like ridiculous. Um, Jackson, did you see Draymond win the game tonight and then? And run out on the to sit on the desk with the inside the NBA guys. I did. That was that was pretty amazing. I've never seen a player do that outside of like when they win like the championship or something, and they like have bring leave some, the arena, bring someone on. Yeah, he was he was outside. Yeah, I've never seen anyone do that. It was I thought it was pretty pretty awesome. I think that's I think like how he's approaching all this is is brilliant. G win a chip you got this you got a fucking popping ass podcast like number number one it's always a number one podcast uh like sports podcast you because feel me because it's so well produced so well yeah, good job jacks you know what i mean yeah. and then you got this tnt <laughs> bag waiting for you too like dog get that do all of that shit bro i love yep. to see it um let's talk about the heat celtics game one was yesterday you can uh, skip this actually What's that? <laughs> we, we don't have to. We don't, we don't actually have to. Well, Jackson, while we've Bro, got you too. on, <laughs> while you're here, while you're while we got you here, bud, um, just wanted to loop you in on a group conversation about the Heat Celtics. Uh, I, Tyler, John, were you surprised by this game? Either of you? Yes. Um. Yes and no. Yes, I was surprised that the Celtics let it get away from them, but no, I wasn't surprised by how it get away got away from them because, like we talked about, they're still a team that is not executing playoff championship basketball, and we saw that with with how the game got away from them, you know, late in the second half of that game. So, so yeah, I was surprised that it got away from them, but not in the way that it did. If that makes sense, yeah. One thing too is like I love Tatum, I love Jalen Brown. Obviously, I, love, I talk I talk about Tatum all the time. You know, probably my favorite most. No, my, my favorite player in the league, but they have moments when they're just so loose with the ball, so and it's and like you know, so like 
and they're young. I know they're yeah, yeah. They're I'm pounding saying, the fuck out of the rock. It's yeah, like yeah. they're dribbling it up by their ear and shit. And, like and, they're and, just you know, too like, turned up. You, right. You're you're, you're 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 trying to split defenses with the with the with the you know dribbling the ball at your chest. It's just. Uh, and so, like these moments where they show their immaturity, where they're 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 good enough to do it, they just don't have the experience yet. You know what I'm saying? Where they take the 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 their, their foot off the pedal or just lose focus. Um, and I, you you can't do that, especially against a spo coach team. You know right. what I'm saying? You just can't do that. They're gonna abuse that. And I I I was surprised by the first half how hot the hot that came out, where they were getting everything they wanted at the cup. You know, uh, getting every shot they wanted basically. And then the second half, how they like, you know, Spo, you know, clogged all that shit up that was getting in the lane. And it just, I think they what, had 14 in the quarter. Or they're slow to quarter, readjust. Like they scored 12, I believe, in the third quarter. And they're, they're, yeah, just, yeah. they're, they're slow to counterpunch. It's like, you know, Spo makes the adjustment, clogs up the lane. Well, we're going to score 12 points in 12 minutes, you know, and, and, it's a and, full and like you said, quarter of struggling, you know and, what I'm saying? And, I, I yeah. get like the first took, five or six minutes. I think did but. Tatum take three shots the whole quarter? Cause you've pointed that out. You, you've pointed that out that it's like, they do, they're not disciplined offensively. Like if it starts going wrong, it's going to go super wrong for a while. I think he had more turnovers and points that quarter. He had six turnovers in the third quarter. Jeez. Seven at the towards the end. I think he had one. I think he had one in the first he half. Finished with so seven, like, and he had six in the third quarter. Yeah, that's nice. not ideal. Um, Jackson, were you surprised by the way that went? And as a Celtics fan, how are you? Like, are you shrugging that game off, or are you worried about that series? Uh, I was a little surprised it unraveled for so long. The Celtics did not convert a made field goal until the five or four or five minute mark in the third quarter. That's a long time for, for a struggle like that. It was like the worst quarter in the season. So I was, I agree that they get a little sloppy, but I was, I was surprised that it went on for that long. As far as the rest of the series, I'm not going to say I'm shrugging it off because Jimmy Butler is clearly turned into God, but the Celtics won the other three quarters that they did. And also Marcus smart was out. And he's going to be back for game two. Horford's likely not, which is a bummer. But Marcus Smart playing 38 minutes means that instead of 30 Peyton Pritchard minutes, there's probably 14 of them. <laughs> so so the him getting picked on is just not as much of an issue. Especially <laughs> if you can try to match the Pritchard minutes to when Butler is sitting, which is not that many of those minutes. Yeah. But if you can do that, like what? I mean, that, 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 they were that hunting problem, that dude for sport. <laughs> he, bro, Peyton, he has to be like, a flamethrower for it to make sense for being a to be on the court. Cause they just saw food every time he was in front of them. Like, go get you a bucket. Right. And you he was good I mean? offensively. Actually, he actually was good. The first half. Yeah. He it's not, he's not can't hang with with the on defense against a team like the Heat. That's as smart and as I, the Heat are. And I wanted to say that I was like, what is what is uh J- Jimmy Butler gonna do? He's gonna guard Tatum on one end and then get forty on the other. Yeah. Like that's gonna happen. That's exactly <laughs> what the fuck he did. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see if he can continue to do that. But I mean, he did it in game one. So I mean, that that was. We, yeah. we had some rare tension in the group chat over this game, <laughs> bro. He, he, y'all brought up some. Y'all made up some some salient points. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. No, like also like me going from. Like Duke to to being a Celtics yeah, fan is just lot, so man. unfortunate, so unfortunate. <laughs> but I'm not rooting for the Celtics. I'm rooting for lot. Tatum. But it's just it's so accept it into it. your life, John. Just accept Bro, I just it. I just can't get away from the Caucasus Mountains. They follow the me wherever I go. <laughs> Caucasity just won't leave me alone. It won't leave me be. Jesus Christ, yeah. though. But yeah. yeah, but but I think we I think we got to talk about that motherfucker Jimmy Butler, man. Like. Sh- like it's it's it seems like every regular season I'm like yeah man Jimmy Butler's best years might be behind him then every postseason he spazzes the fuck out bro and and you know I think it's 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 a little bigger than Jimmy you know what I mean because Jimmy has been you know he's a fucking mid range monster this postseason like that right elbow has been money right so like mid range and clamping up on defense if you do that in the postseason you're gonna be just fine regardless of how. You know, you might have been slumping in the regular season. Like we saw that last year with with Middleton, right? Like motherfuckers would get like he was eating so much in the mid range that motherfuckers were like, yo, this might be the Batman of this team. Giannis might be the Rob. And we saw that fucking 2020 with AD when he went crazy in the mid range. We saw that 2019 when when Kawhi went crazy in the mid range, right? Like it's it's I, I think that as much as the game evolves to where it's you know three point bucket or layup, 
that that mid-range is going to always be what you can fucking hang your hat on to get a championship, bro. Like, that's never going to change, though. And a bucket's a bucket, G. Yeah. If you can get a bucket, no matter how you get it, if you, I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? If you can, if you go to the mid-range, you get a bucket. If you can shoot that shit, shoot that shit. It's like, you know, uh, Katie was talking about. You know what I'm saying? He just, he plays basketball. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, like, I, 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 so Jimmy's I Jimmy's fun. Yeah. Jimmy in the playoffs is fun. And he's, mm-hmm. a, he's a different animal. I don't know if it's the, the, the way that the game changes or if it's just that he's just one of those guys that he just feels differently about the playoffs. I think it's probably a little bit of both, but he definitely just seems like he's a, he's the type of asshole who lives for the playoffs, right? He's living for the Tobias Harris over me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Is there anybody more underrated than Jimmy? Because we talk about Booker and not getting respect and all that shit, but Jimmy, I think he's correctly rated during the regular season because I just don't. I mean, I've, you know, when I watch a Heat game, it's uh, he's just a different player in the playoffs. He, you can't take your eyes off him in a playoff game. He's just a completely different monster. And I, and so I think we rate him correctly. When the playoffs come and you're like, oh, this dude is can't miss television. Um, but I don't feel bad about not putting him up in the top level of dudes during the regular season. Personally, I'm not. we don't hear anybody talking about Jimmy. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody ever talks about when we bring up Jimmy. It's like they showed the clip of him getting frustrated. You know what I'm saying? Bad teammate, all this shit. Jimmy, when it's time to get buckets is a bucket. You know what I'm saying? Like, we need to start talking about that. So that's, I mean, I'm not saying he's better than Booker. You know what I'm saying? But I'm saying like, but I'm saying that Jimmy does what he needs to do. Who would he take in do. the playoffs? You, you say, you, oh, shit. <laughs> you talk about, I, I, I mean, Jimmy. Like, I mean, Jimmy's been proven to be Agreed. a dog in the biggest moments. You know what I'm saying? And what he what he did with the against the, the uh, Lakers was incredible. You know what I'm saying? Like, I hate it. Going crazy, but I hate it. Like, what series? Twenty. I mean, he's averaging what 20, 22 points a game with off of fifty percent regular yeah. season. That's, and they got the one seed. It's not like they were taking the right. It's not like Those they were taking are the good numbers. Stuff. So, but, like, he's, but he's but half of his games in the playoffs, he scored forty. <laughs> he's, so, like, but, I mean, but yeah, but his regular season. That's a. Those are great numbers yeah. in the regular season. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I. I. I you know. I think he's just a prime example of. You know, how much, regardless of how much the game evolves, you're not going to win in the playoffs if you don't work the mid-range, if you don't play defense, and if you don't execute in the half court. No matter how much the game evolves, if you don't do that 1948-ass basketball shit right there, right, you're not going anywhere, bro. And without playing a style that doesn't transport to the playoffs like some free throw hunters uh, we could name, he's also getting to the free throw. I think he was 18 and 19 from the free throw line in the first uh, in the first game. I think he had his 40 points was on like 19 shots, right? 18, 19 shots. Like yeah. that that works too because he's not dancing around the perimeter. Like he's genuinely attacking. For, he's forcing contact. He's forcing right. fouls. And not in the way that Grant Williams, who's my least favorite basketball player in the fucking NBA right oh now. My God. <laughs> not in the way that he's forcing contact by actively throwing himself under the tires of speeding semi-trucks and <laughs> hoping to get a fucking call <laughs> but by driving the ball guy. and forcing people to defend him and getting to the foul line. <laughs> Y'all just mad because he got Giannis the fuck up out of here. <laughs> Grant Williams <laughs> is what did it. You know what I mean? He he had one of the... One of the charges he tried to take on bam that they correctly called a blocking foul was the textbook perfect example of why they need to legislate this shit out of the fucking game because bam ended up he only didn't horribly injure his ankle because he allowed himself to just fall on top of grant williams instead of planting his foot and i think he ended up elbowing grant williams or kicking him in the face and knocking his head into the ground but it's like who is this good for you want guys trying to defend Giannis like this in the NBA? Bro, there's I know I, I get that, but there's no way, other way to guard Giannis and just like that's I mean, that's the only way to just approach falling that. under there's, his feet and hoping they call an offensive foul. No, I'm just I saying, like, no, when he no, when he I'm talking about Giannis bangs a lot. So yeah. just trying to absorb that, take the charge. I get that with Giannis. I mean, that doesn't you don't need to do that with everybody, but I mean, wait till Lowry comes back. It's gonna be a fucking charge mania around this motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Bro, that motherfucker <laughs> flopped off of a Max Struss, like, 
you know, move to the side. Yep. Did y'all see that shit? Yes, I did. And I, uh, that, that was when I started yelling obscenities at my fucking television. Yeah, back, <laughs> Get this bro. fucking dude off the court, bro. Yeah. Fuck Grant Williams, man. I don't give a fuck. I don't care if that's his only resort against guarding Giannis. I, I just can't fuck. The man flopped when they were battling for position, bro. Like, that is just... No. It's. I mean, I, I get the whole, yeah, it's smart to take charges and shit, but, bro, it's like... At what point are you are you being a bitch about it, bro? Like you're flopping when you battling for position. You like you flopping when Max Struss is is, is tapping you on your back. Like it's too much, bro. I was glad to see that the officials the officials are on to him. The book is out there on Grant Williams. Not on our watch, Grant. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry I had to get that off my fucking chest. Um, you could right. wait to the pod because of that moment right there, bro. You and Tyler going in on fucking Grant Williams. Good for y'all. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home services marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects easy. We've used Angie at my house. We had some work done. Uh, We had some painting done. We're able to find a bunch of really qualified people with good rates through Angie and pick someone we're really happy with. It was super easy to use the app, super easy to connect with someone. We got the call right away, so we didn't have to sit around and wait. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installation, or cleaning. Angie has simplified finding help for home projects. And just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service projects from start to finish. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
playoffs are heating up and you can make every game feel like game seven on FanDuel Sportsbook, an official partner of the NBA. Throughout the playoffs, all customers can place a no-sweat same-game parlay each week. You'll get up to $20 in free bets if you don't win. FanDuel has so many ways to play, and best of all, when you do win, you'll get paid faster than a fast break. Big game tonight, obviously, between the Heat and the Celtics. I think it's going to be a repeat of game one, so I would take the Heat. And if I was building a same-game parlay, I would take the under, and I would take the under on player props for the Celtics because I think the Heat are going to lock them down again. New to FanDuel, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up with promo code JNJ. Once again, that's promo code JNJ. That's J-A-N-D-J. And if you already have an account, you're all set to bet no sweat. Either way, you'll get up to $20 in free bets if your same-game parlay during the playoffs doesn't win. FanDuel Sportsbook, an official partner of the NBA. Disclaimer, must be 21 and over in select states. Refund issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max free bet, $20 per week. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problems, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG. Um, we are to Grant Williams as Pat Bev is to Chris Paul. And I want to talk about, I want to talk about Pat Bev and I want to give Tyler a chance. And Jackson, if you want to cut this out for social media, you can title it in defense of hatred. (laughs) Tyler, the floor is yours. I have thoroughly enjoyed the Pat Bev hate tour. I'm this man flew cross country, (laughs) woke up at 4.30 in the morning, put on a collared shirt, and went to go talk some shit about his sworn enemy during the lowest point of of his season. I love shit like that. That is dedication, bro. And all that shit about, oh, Pat Bev isn't on Chris Paul's level. He can't say that. Bro, that doesn't fucking matter. It's funny. That's all that fucking matters. <laughs> and that motherfucker is in the NBA, bro. Truth be told, we if, if, if we're going to play it like that, none of us have a right to talk shit about anybody. Because Pat Bev is closer to Chris Paul than any of us talk, commenting on this shit are, are close to past Pat Bev. You know what I'm saying? Pat Bev will bust everybody's ass who's saying he shouldn't be talking shit about Chris Paul. So, and, 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 and I just don't get why, of all people, Chris Paul, it's the one who people are like, oh, this is too far. Chris Paul, like, he's not even a likable dude, bro. Like, I could understand if motherfuckers was like, oh, you can't talk about Tim Duncan like this. Like, everyone loves Timmy. But Chris Paul, like, this is where we, we, we got to fucking pull out the resumes and compare resumes and pull out spreadsheets and, and go to trial about who gets to talk about Chris Paul. No, look, the motherfucker was weak as hell <laughs> in, like, the last four games of that series. He, you know, he was a fucking traffic cone, like, <laughs> like Pat Bev said. <laughs> And look, and, and and there's a difference, right? Like, people are like, well, you know, Pat Bev wasn't really hating. He was telling the truth. Yes, he was telling the truth. He was also hating. Like, the, you can, the truth can come out of you from a place of hate. And I say that as a, as a, as a lifelong hater of a lot of shit. As a hate-ass thing. I say that and from a place of hate that, yes, the truth can come from a place of hate. Like, Pat Bev was pulling up, asking him about how I busted his ass in a high school camp. You can ask LeBron. That's some hating shit. Like, cool, you busted his ass in high school. That was 2002, bro. It's like 20 years later. But I, like I said, I love it. I do not do the whole police and all oh, you don't get to talk about that guy because you're not as good as that guy because fuck that because like like if we live like that only like like i said only like 20 people in the world will be able to talk shit about chris paul and i do not want to live in a world where only 20 people can clown chris paul i want to <laughs> clown chris paul i want to see other people clown on chris paul so fuck all that shit man <laughs> john has nothing to add to that the only thing i would add to that is uh this is what we can do Chris Paul can play basketball at the level that Chris Paul can. We can't do that. We can talk shit. That is the route that is available to us. And to self-limit that for Chris, and as you said, for Chris Paul, because he Chris only Paul. kicked 14 people in the dick instead of 16 <laughs> people, we have to be right. polite to him. Like, what? <laughs> I, That's I a whole lot it. of dicks, man. <laughs> I think at some point you should go to jail when you punch that many dicks. There should be serial like, dick. you have to spend a night. Like, yeah, <laughs> you can't. Serial dick assault. You get to eight dicks, it's like, you know, you got one night at least in the Hooskow. You know what I mean? Come on, G. But we do Jesus. have to discuss uh, somehow, despite the fact that he cut a vacation short to hate, uh, Pat Bev might not have been the most hating ass person in, around the NBA because I have to find the exact tweet that <laughs> Little Wayne 
<laughs> posted oh, about Mark God. <laughs> Piss in your mouth? Is that what he said? Or face? He I, said... Mark Cuban, don't make me get you smacked, boy. You playing with me? I will piss in your fucking mouth. <laughs> Calling somebody a hoe. Like, I, like, dog, that's that's some throwback <laughs> disrespect. You know, we don't, we don't fuck nigga now. We ain't called nobody a hoe in a while. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, that's some different shit. That, that sounds more, that sounds kind of personal. God. And what's crazy is I vividly remember a fucking uh, Weezy and Birdman partying with Mark Cuban when they won that shit in Miami 2011. And it's like, now you you want to urinate in the guy's mouth? I mean, wow. Like, how did we get here, bro? Oh, because, right? Oh, because fucking, you know, Mark Cuban retweeted, you know, the, the, the tweet where he called Luke a hoe. He's been calling everybody a hoe lately now that I think about it. He called Luke a hoe. He called Cuban a hoe. Like ho might be he might be bringing hoe back, but he called him. <laughs> Keep that right. shit where it's at, man. <laughs> yeah, we don't fuck nigga right fuck now. I love fuck nigga way just... too much, bro. We, we Basketball is that. on fuck nigga, but uh, <laughs> bro. <laughs> what did that weird ass nigga say? What did he say? That was, <laughs> bro, bro. A well placed fuck nigga ain't nothing better than that, dog. <laughs> no, that's a, you know what I'm saying. That is a that was such a well-placed fuck, nigga. Yeah. And she had to be country. <laughs> That's a, that, she got his no, ass. She, she, she got his ass. But oh, yeah, um, it's, it's wild. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever been angry enough as someone to tell them that I would pee in their mouth. Mm-hmm. I don't think those words have ever, I don't think they've don't, ever even been in my head and then I've had to like not say them. I don't even do the, I've never been a fan of the suck my dick talk as an insult. Like, I don't yeah. want, I, if I don't like you, why do I want to put my dick in your mouth? Like, right. what, what, I don't want my penis anywhere around you if I don't like you, dude. You know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, like, yeah. there have been times. All right, all right. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Not in a deep, you know? Hey, you know? I don't want to don't want to talk, but you know, maybe. Um, okay, that's the hoop talk. Uh, I want to know um, what you guys think because I think we've all been on a journey with this new Kendrick project, and I'm curious as to where you both ended up. Uh, Tyler has been in the place that I aspire to be with all art, which is considered upon its own merits, everything has value both intellectually and emotionally, et cetera. And Tyler got to that place with the Kendrick double album, which I, did. Uh, I would like to hear about. Yeah, um, I'm glad we didn't talk about this last episode because I'd have given like a whole different- Fried that motherfucker. Yeah, it's, it, it, it didn't hit me on the first listen. It didn't hit me on the first four or five listens, I want to say. Like, it took me until like Monday night to, to before it really, really hit me. And I'm in love with it now. Um, You know, like I said, it's, it's not an album that I would necessarily use the word enjoy about right because it's a very personal very vulnerable album where Kendrick invites us into a lot of uncomfortable conversations right so like I mean like for instance I think that uh, Mother I Sober is like the 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 crowning achievement of that album I want to say I enjoy it I can't enjoy you know Kendrick talking about the ripple effects of of his mother being you know molested like Mm-hmm. But I appreciate the artistry of it. It's it it hits you in a in a very you know deep spot. I I appreciate the you, you know you know that aspect of it. But I want to say I enjoy it. I want to say I quote unquote enjoy a lot of the album because like I said, the subject matter is real heavy. But it it took me like five or six listens for it to really really set in, and I think it's, it's some of his best work, bro. That's where I'm at with it. Wow, 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 wow. <clears throat> I think I don't know if it's. I I I I was I when I first heard it I was like maybe this is his Jesus that was my first thought and I talked to my homies about it too like you know like some other homies I was like you know maybe maybe this is his Jesus but I didn't know, think the music really was it didn't really push music anywhere which I think Jesus did you know what I mean even though I didn't really necessarily like that sound I think it pushed music to a particular place um, but uh, I don't think it was that but I I remember thinking like this is an album he wanted to make. And I think he wanted to make an album that the world needed more than the world wanted. And I was talking to some homies, and one of my homies said, like, I was a bunch of us, like four St. Louis niggas on a golf course this past Sunday. And one dude said, um, he said, I'm I'm, I'm not normally a dude 
that I'm not, I've never been a dude that like, I need music, music like, you know, is, is my life type motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? But he said this album spoke to him in a way no other album has. And that he went to therapy talking about particular songs because it touched him in a particular way. And I'm like, okay. Like, so I'd listened to it a few times. I listened to it a couple of times. I mean, I, I knew the first time I was like, you know, I didn't necessarily get it like Tyler was saying. I was looking for something totally different. I was extremely high, which is not the place to be <laughs> listening to this, like the stories that he's telling. Um, but I'm like, it's Kendrick. If it wasn't Kendrick, I wouldn't have gave it this amount of, these, these sure. many opportunities. But um, I was like, yo, there's something. The more I listened, the more I was like, there's something here. I don't necessarily know, but there's something here. And I don't know. Have you, are y'all familiar with Arthur Jaffa? Mm-mm. Like the uh, like he, he he creates these visual. He he collects like like uh video like visuals like like this, and he puts them all together and makes these really powerful visuals like like 45 minutes where he <clears throat> kind of like you know, has music and like these. It's it, they're really cohesive, but they seem random at the same time. But they're really moving, and I feel like this kind of mimics that. It's it's truly art, and I I understand how you're saying it's his best work artistically. The sound of it, I don't think touches me as much as other pro- projects have. Where I think like to pimp a butterfly was where like music and message, you know, were like perfect, right? I think he leaned way more into art. You know what I mean? Way more into like this being like more of an art project and him like than, than than the music part. But um and I was thinking like I remember saying I think he leaned so far into the message that it hurt the music, but I think the approach was just different. Um but I I truly appreciate it now. I it feels it 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 feels I don't, I, like like my homie said, it feels different than any other album has ever felt that I've listened to. Yeah. Um. And so maybe it is Jesus where it pushes music to a place it it we haven't heard it. Um. But I didn't appreciate Jesus. I can appreciate this. For sure. For that sure. was a very long way of explaining. Oh, how well I said. About <clears throat> okay. <laughs> yeah. It was. You you know like like the conversation we had the night or the morning after it dropped. You know we said I was like, you know it feels genuine. I don't feel like, you know, he's being artsy for the sake of being artsy. I feel like the art no, that's coming absolutely. from him is, is genuine. So that's why I stuck with it, right? It didn't feel lazy. It didn't feel contrived. And of course, it's Kendrick. Kendrick has earned that good faith with me where I'm just yeah. not going to run his album one time and, and hang it up. No. But um, yeah, yeah. it's, it's you, you know, after kind of, you know, just, just sitting with it and listening to it, it's like so much of Kendrick's work has been s- dealing with survivor's guilt. Like, you know, on Good Kid, Mad City, like, you know, the theme of that was, you know, he was, you know, grieving over, over growing up in an environment where a lot of his friends didn't make it out. You know, mm-hmm. to Tampa Butterfly, it was like, yo, I made it out the hood. A lot of my homies haven't, right? Like The like whole that album, was, yeah. you feel that. You and know what I mean? Damn was like, you know, he was he was kind of grieving for himself a bit on Damn. He was like, yo, I might have lost myself in all of this fame. And it's like on, on Mr. Morale, it's like, he just, he, he unburdens himself of all that, it feels like. It feels like he's like, yo, you know survivor's guilt that's not my burden to bear anymore he's like i'm not the anointed king the voice of a generation that y'all want me to be either he's like and i don't give a fuck if y'all talk shit about me either he's just like rebuking whatever title you try to bestow on him good or bad and it feels like it's from a place where it's more fatigued than like defiance right like it, there's a certain element of yeah you know fuck y'all i don't give a fuck what y'all think about me that's there for sure but it's also like bro i'm tired you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i've been through so much I'm fucking exhausted. I can't be all things to everybody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you, mm-hmm. you, because, you know, he he ends the song, he ends the album on Mirror saying, you know, I choose me. I'm sorry. Like, it's, it's like, bro, I'm not going to be anyone. I'm not going to be for anyone but myself from here on out. Like, it seems like How that's the thing. How powerful is that? Yeah. How powerful is that? And I, and that's what, that's what, I, that's one thing I want to say too is like, I thought to pimp a butterfly was just so heavy, and I thought the music, you know, like, and and I, and I, I, I the the message in it was was so strong. But I think this is his most powerful album, mm-hmm. probably because even though you, Damn was more about slaps and it seemed, you know, and Good Kid, Mad City, and to pimp a butterfly, um, they were you know very personal. But this is by far his most personal album for sure. You know, he he took like the the things he was talking about in rap rappers have never talked about before. Mm-hmm. Talking about being t- like you know molested, you know struggling with that himself. Like you said, he unburdened himself of the things that he was hiding from others. You know what I mean? And um, 
I mean, dog, it's it's such a brave way of making art and music. Like, <laughs> he's just a true fucking artist. And I think with this album, he's just not, you know, like a the artist that we view. We don't view. I, I don't just view him as an artist, like a, as a musician. I just view him as an artist. He's not just a rapper. He's an artist. He makes art. And this is what it is. And I can't wait to see the visuals that come with this. Yeah, yeah. Like- I cannot. You know, PG Lang has been doing some crazy <laughs> shit, but I can't wait to see what he does visually. And I've the last uh, time I saw Kendrick um, live was when he uh, was at uh, Fader Ford. Not Fader Ford. It was at it was at Fader Ford, but it was at uh, South by. He, he was there too, Tyler. Yeah. Um, and I haven't seen him since he blew up for real. Um, like since he like really really blew up. But I really want to see the live performances that come with this shit, man. Mm-hmm. I think this. I think this will be Kanye level. And I, you know, fuck Kanye, but you know, we be talking about him musically and his performances. He elevated very that special. kind of yeah. a <clears throat> yeah, very elevated. For sure. You know what I mean? And I mean that's, you know, that 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 touched my little nerdy ass, artistic ass. You know what I'm saying, heart. But I just, man, it's just. It's just it was it was just such powerful, brave music, and I can't help but appreciate that. When I first heard it, I had my own expectations, and you know, going to it with a certain expectation. I knew it wasn't going to be the album that I I talked. We talked about this. I don't think this would be the album I want. You know what I'm saying? And I, you know, what I'm saying, but I, I think I'll be able to appreciate it. Uh, but it was just so different from anything I've ever heard. I couldn't process it. You know what yeah. I mean? It was hard to process. But you know, whatever reason, the the, the second the second and third run was just because it's Kendrick. But after that, it was like I don't necessarily get it, but there's something here that's touching me. And like the more I run into, some more beautiful it gets. Like it's like peeling back the layers. Yeah, you know, and really, you know, it's just it's a, it's a special special project. And I don't know if there's any radio hits or you know, like or you know, the, the, what I mean. But I just. I just have never heard music. I, I don't say I don't, I don't know music, but I never heard rap music like this. He took rap to a place nobody's taken it before, and of course Kendrick Lamar fucking did that. Yeah, yeah. The, the so fucking, that's how fucking, I feel about it. Fucking artist of the generation. I remember when we were um, when we saw him at Fader Fort, and I remember Solange was in fucking VIP, like bouncing in high heels to to fuck your ethnicity when he came out. This was this was before Kendrick was big. This this was before nah, Good Kid, yep, Bad City, yep. and I was like, Yo, Solange is really really kind of tapped into this shit. But um, yeah, you know, I totally agree with everything you just said, and um, I I just can't Mother Eye Sober. That is like. Like, I won't Ooh. argue with anyone who says that's the definitive Kendrick album of his career. Like, if someone says that's Kendrick's magnum opus, like, you won't get an argument from me out of that. It is just a phenomenal song because, you know, like I said, um, you know, the, the previous themes of his album were Survivor's Guilt. This album is like, yo, I'm realizing every burden ain't mine to bear. And they just, like, both collide on that song. You know what I mean? And they give us, it's like... A, it's, a, it's a therapy album. Yeah. Would you agree? Sure. I mean, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 like both the album as therapy and also an album that could only have been produced by someone who has not just like bumped up against their own issues, but like grappled with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he on, the, on the first track, he opens it up talking about he's going to therapy. Like there's a little skit with him and his, um, you know, girl arguing about how he needs therapy and shit. So, yeah, you know, right. he's, yeah, it's, it's for sure that definitely. And like, like we cry together. You know what I mean? Like, oof. you know, I, I, it was it's it's a difficult listen. Yeah, I, but I've only I'm, ran it like once. I, I have not gone back to that, bro. I don't think I need I, to hear I'll it listen, more than once. I'll, I'll listen to it like halfway through, and then I just can't. Like, I would listen to it rather. She was like, "Can we skip this?" <laughs> like, you know, it's just a lot of energy in there. But I think it's important. Like every piece, like it's an important part of the. You know, it's it's kind of like I can't skip anything on this because I feel like you know. So, like song three is scene three, song eight is so, is scene eight. You feel like, like fast forwarding through a movie, right? You know something. what I'm saying? It doesn't yeah. make sense to, to 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 you know listen to it like that. But it's man, it's just it, it, there's there's so many like, the, the skits are so well thought out. And at first I was like, man, it's just shit corny. Like I was like, I was just like this. I, I, but I just I just I just it was it was so different from anything I'd heard from the the genre that it was just hard to process. Like I said, but man, it's. I just, I, I honestly can't believe, like, to ha- to be Kendrick Lamar where he's at, and to take a risk like this. He's changed every every album, mm-hmm. but this is just such a, a, a odd, like, 
a hard left turn, leaning into to a space that I guess ne- that ne- that'll go into a place where nobody's been before, and giving this to the people. But um, yeah, I just special special album. I, I, it really didn't hit me because I think Sunday I was playing golf with my dudes and they were talking shit like, uh, this ain't what I'm, I think like. Tuesday or Wednesday was like, mm. but I haven't, I haven't, I haven't been able to play anything uh-huh. else. Right. Yeah, right. I've been able to, play, yeah, I've been able to, play, well, yeah, what's today? Today, today's Wednesday. Yeah, so it was, it was yesterday. It was yesterday when it really, really started to get it, but I haven't been able to play anything else. I just can't, like, I just keep playing it over and over and over in the car. I keep playing it over and over in my headphones. Yeah. Yeah, so. And I, and, right. and I, I love Baby Keem's spots on it too. I like that interlude he had. He he killed that yeah. shit. I love that chorus on Happy for Me. Killed that mm-hmm. shit too because that last album was not it. But <laughs> but he's he's doing <laughs> a Baby great Keem job. Baby was trying to go to a, a, a interesting place. Yeah. So make, I think the next album will figure it out. I think it's kind of like you know you know how somebody cha- changes their sound mm. and you know the 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 album they meant to make is an album after that album. Right, you know right. what I mean? When they fully understood it, I don't think he fully understood where he was trying to go. Um, but I think he'll go somewhere special. I think Keem is really talented. But uh, Kendrick didn't play around, bro. He went exactly where he was trying to go because he's fucking Kendrick Lamar, and there's only one of him. Mm-hmm. So, All right. That was a great conversation. I need you to both stop being intellectuals for the final segment. <laughs> this, yeah. is, this is the. Are you about to talk about whale dicks again? Are we leaning right into... This is a historical <laughs> tidbit, but it's the stupidest thing we've talked about on the podcast for a minute. And so I, I I just need us to collectively be in that place. Have you guys heard of a to... Greek philosopher named Chrysippus? Was, was, that, was that the one who, who died laughing from no, Washington? No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 Okay. yes, I have. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you thought you was going to get Tyler with like a Greek mythology fact? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's an odd approach. That's no, an no, no. Approach I, that's to, what I'm gonna get to... John. We can get John. Okay, that's yeah, okay. Yeah, we can, can get, get me. Yeah, okay, get so with that. Chrysippus was a Greek philosopher who was like the second president of the school of Stoicism, right? So uh, there's all these philosophies that have been handed down. But back in the day, it was like they were like it was like a college. You'd be the head professor of this whatever. Stoicism is like the idea that you should be in control of your emotions and not be moved by the things around you. Like we still use that word. Someone's stoic, right? That's what that means. Right. Okay. He was, so keep that in mind with this story. He was the head of the school of stoicism at the time of his death. And the way he died was during the Olympics, he was hosting basically like a watch party. So he's got all these people over. They're all drunk. Everyone's having a great time. And there's a donkey loose in his courtyard and the donkey goes over to, which was like at the time, obviously they just had animals walking around and shit. The donkey goes over to a plate full of figs and starts eating the figs. And Chrysippus starts laughing the way that we would laugh at the stupidest joke on Jenkins and Jones, the way you would laugh at something dumb. Your friend said at two 30 in the morning, he can't breathe. He's like, the donkey's eating figs. <laughs> like, look at this donkey eating figs. <laughs> he's, like, he, he's like laughing uncontrollably. And then he yells out, <laughs> Now give the donkey a drink of pure wine to wash down the figs. Proceeds <laughs> to laugh. He's laughing at a tweet. He's laughing at the Dean's tweet. And he laughs so hard that he literally dies. <laughs> oh my God. The worst, the worst joke to die laughing from. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm just interested. It's you know, it's that's it's such a boozy joke. Though. Yeah. That's that's just kind of like a, a a nice insight into how humor was so fucking different you know thousands of years ago you know what i mean like 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 have y'all seen like that there was like a, a, a sumerian tablet that was found with like a joke on it about a dog the first into, joke yeah yeah with like a dog walking into a bar and the dog goat says i can't see anything i think i'll open a door and that's a joke and then right. people are like how the fuck is that funny but it was probably hilarious fucking 2200 bc you know what i mean so but either way I'm laughing actually... at a donkey eating dying from a donkey eating fig i don't and that shit was probably stupid back then, bro. <laughs> like, I, don't, I, I don't think there's any way around that. 
But he was no, drunk with his is... homies. And I actually think it shows how universal some dumb things are because it is a little bit like Twitter. It's like you're hanging out with your friends, laughing at a video of an animal doing something dumb, right? <laughs> and then it's like you're laughing, your friend's laughing, you're both making fun of how much the donkey thinks it's a person. And then you're like... Make sure it's got some yeah. wine to wash down those figs, right? <laughs> and that just, that's actually that, that funny to me, though. Rate. That that's that's funny to me, though. <laughs> like like the, the laughing at the figs, I've been like, I was kind of like, all right, you know what I mean. But that right there, that was funny. What he said, not worth dying over. <laughs> one of one of my not even close to one it. of my favorite jokes that I ever heard in my life, and I fucking figuratively died laughing when I first heard it. <laughs> I'm gonna lay it on y'all. It's it's stupid as fuck. <laughs> it's simple as hell, and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> All right. Why did the monkey fall out of the tree? Why? Because what? it was dead. I think the visual there too. Yeah, adds to it. That's a good one. (laughs) That's a that's a that's a fucking Norm Macdonald joke, is what that is. That's great. I love that. Um, That's like Norm Macdonald's theory of the perfect joke is a joke whose setup and punchline are exactly the same. And that was Mm. like I think he said the most perfect joke he felt like he ever told was a weekend update joke where he said. Julia Roberts is getting divorced from Lyle Lovett because she's Julia Roberts and he's Lyle Lovett. <laughs> that is perfect. He's <laughs> like, it's the perfect structure of a that's joke. That's a perfect joke. Yeah. That's a perfect joke. I had one that was similar to Tyler's that I really liked that I just Hell looked yeah, up and I go. found. It was on a birthday card and I thought it was the funniest thing to put on a birthday. It's literally like the birthday card section of the, the, the card thing at the store. It's, it's like the picture of like a philosopher man on the front. And it says, back in my day, we didn't need Facebook or Twitter. You open it. And it says, because we all had cholera. That was the news. And we didn't need social networking to tell us that. (laughs) And I was like, that is the funniest thing I've ever read. Happy birthday. Exactly. Happy birthday. I was like, that is so funny. What the fuck? (laughs) That was the news. Who's going to live or die today? Right. I just was inspired by the idea that like, because those are everyone's favorite memories of college or being a young person or whatever is just laughing. It's something that like, you know, is the stupidest thing. You could never explain why it was funny, but you were laughing until you felt like your heart was going to explode. I love that 3000 years ago, people's hearts were literally exploding over shit like that. <laughs> over like, <dogs laughs> eating figs. Over de- this motherfucker's eating figs. <laughs> <laughs> The most learned man, the most learned man in ancient Greece blew his heart up over a donkey eating figs. That's inspirational. I love that he killed himself with one of his own jokes. Like, like the the, get him some wine. That's what I'm about. I'm a big fan of people who laugh at their own jokes. I think that that shit is hilarious. Be a fan of your own work, bro. For real. (laughs) Be a fan of your own work. (laughs) All right. That's all the time we have for Jenkins and Jones this week. We'll be back on Monday to talk more NBA shooty hoops. Uh, and uh, maybe we'll find some, maybe we'll find a historical figure that Tyler's not aware of. Hey, good luck, bro. <laughs> good luck. When Tyler told me he would just at work be hitting random on Wikipedia to to find, I'm like, dog, not normal. But good luck, bro. I wish you the best. He's honestly. different. He's different. Definitely. He's built different. All right, we'll see you all next four week. Tough. Bye. 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 <laughs> That's a devil. That's that. <laughs> it's freddie prince jr and jeff died back in the ring wrestling with freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season hey jeff are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of wrestling with freddie you better believe i have i've been practicing my body slams and i'm jacked all right don't go injuring yourself now we'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from aew wwe and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling listen to wrestling with freddie on the iHeartRadio app apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 